Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the December edition of my 2017 One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program podcast series, where each month I take a deep dive into a specific part of a best practices compliance program. In the month of December, I'm taking a deep dive into better written standards, which form the very backbone of your compliance program. Written standards include codes of conduct, policies, and procedures, and we're going to be taking a very deep dive into the design of all of these training and revising and updating. We'll also take a look at the information communicated by the Department of Justice on what specific policies should be included in your best practices compliance program, including policies on gifts, travel, business entertainment, charitable donations, facilitation payments, third parties, and cybersecurity. We'll also take a look at certain enforcement actions and opinion releases to see what other information we can glean from these. My sponsor this month is my Doing Compliance Masterclass. We recently concluded the first Masterclass in November 2017. I'm co-hosting this with Jonathan Marks at Markham LLC. We will be putting on a full series of classes in 2018. Check back for details. This month's podcast series will give you information which will allow you to set up the very foundation of your compliance program. My podcast series on one month to a more effective compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day six, training on your code of conduct. Next, we focus on the training of your code of conduct. While there have been many criticisms of code of conduct training, if you consider training as one source of your 360 degrees of communication, the rollout of a new or updated code of conduct can be also seen as an opportunity. This rollout fits directly into the concept of the 360 degrees of communication that we explored in last month's podcast series. And this 360 degrees of compliance, of communication and compliance, is both in communications and engagement. The delivery of a code of conduct is a key element of its effectiveness. By allowing employees and other stakeholders to engage and interact with the code of conduct through live or interactive training, this effectiveness can be better monitored and measured. In a white paper entitled Five Tips for Effective Code of Conduct Revisions, Eric Moorhead has noted that often companies have a formal code of conduct launch where senior management and corporate compliance function conduct on-site activities across the organization to promote the launch of a new code of conduct. Or launch activities such as video competitions that ask st- stakeholders to submit short videos on code topics. However, this is not the sole man- manner to have a rollout as, a- as other companies keep the message more informal, but use frequent touch points for communication. For example, through email or cascading messages through line managers to keep up the drumbeat of on compliance topics and reinforce the role of compliance. The key is to capitalize on every 360 degrees of communication opportunity that a new code of conduct gives you. 
One of the areas in the 2017 Department of Justice's evaluation of corporate compliance programs <clears throat> that was new articulated an emphasis on the effectiveness of training. I think everyone would understand you need to train, but now the government is talking to us about, the, about effective training. Begin with live training that can be held at your corporate headquarters with some senior management and even executive involvement. Many companies will videotape a message from the CEO to celebrate the rollout. Then there's the opportunity for localized training that gives employee an opportunity to see, meet, and speak directly with a compliance officer, not an insignificant dynamic in the corporate environment. Such a personal training sends a strong message of commitment to the code of conduct. It gives employees the opportunities to interact with a compliance officer by asking questions which are relevant to markets and locations outside the United States, which can often provide employees with the opportunity to have confidential in-person discussions. An important part of in-person training is the opportunity to interact with the audience through questions and answers. There are a couple of different approaches to questions and answers. The first is to solicit questions from the audience. However, many employees may be reluctant for a variety of cultural reasons to raise their hands and ask questions in front of others. This can be overcome by soliciting written questions on cards or notepads. <clears throat> a second technique is to lead the audience through hypothetical examples in which the audience is broken down into small discussion groups, up to say five employees or so, to discuss a situation and propose a response. However, with a worldwide multi-thousand person workforce with multiple languages, an entire code of conduct rollout roll based upon live training, frankly, may not be feasible. Not surprisingly, one of the key themes in compliance is to understand your company and to tailor your compliance program, including your code of conduct training for your audience. Companies have to consider their audience when considering the drafting of a code of conduct, the tone it is going to have, how long it is going to be, and the topics you are going to cover in the code of conduct. The same analysis is true for your training. Organizations put together custom training for their code of conduct rollout. It is typically online, and if it makes sense for them for their code of conduct training, I think the same rules apply here. If you want your training to really resonate with the audience that you're trying to reach, Your code of conduct training can also be more modular in presentation. For instance, if your code of conduct identifies 12 key risk, if you're, rather if your company has identified 12 key risk areas in your code of conduct, you could train on six risk areas this year instead of the full dozen. You can keep important topics like reporting and anti-retaliation and similar topics that always have to be talked about on an annual basis but you can split on other topics to try to shorten the length of the training. Another mechanism that Eric Moorhead has observed over the years is to make <clears throat> training more interactive. When audience members are required to answer questions on an ongoing basis, it can foster engagement. It can also help meet the DOJ requirement to demonstrate the effectiveness of your training. Gamif gamification 
which goes hand in hand with interactivity, has also been talked about and is utilized more and more. At the end of the day, the reality is just as with different types of codes of conduct making sense for different types of organizations, the same is true for training. It may make sense, uh, particularly interactive training, I should say. It may make sense for your employee population, and it may not. But it does mean you should consider your employee population and take a look at offerings that are out there to consider how does it fit into your company. Your code of conduct training should basically be an extension of the way you communicate compliance in your organization. If code of conduct training is divorced from your 360 degrees of compliance communication style, you may, be well, you may well be missing an opportunity to drive better understanding of the code of conduct and actually denigrate the effectiveness of your training. Whatever approach is used, one of the critical elements is the length of time for the training sessions. Although lawyers and ethics and compliance professionals can sometimes sit through a multi-hour code of conduct presentation. It is almost impossible to keep the attention of business and operations folks for such a period of time. The presentation and number of PowerPoint slides must be kept to a manageable length before the attendees' eyes start to glaze over. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, consider a video message from your CEO to help roll out your code of conduct initiation or uptake. Number two, as with your risk ranking, really think about tailoring your code of conduct to your workforce. What works for you? You don't have to take an off-the-shelf off solution if you utilize different methods of communications in your organization. And finally, consider interactive and modular approaches to code of conduct training. You don't have to do the same thing again and again, every year, every year, every year. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day six of one month to better written standards. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day seven. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Better Written Standards and a Compliance Program. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for another episode. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would ask that you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only daily podcast, which will give you a hint or tip to improve your compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow. My podcast series of one month to a better compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.